Uh, what a season it is. We had a group in, uh, in Romania. Now we have another group in Canada. Uh, my wife actually went to Poland because she had some health issues with her voice, with her, uh, uh, she thought she cannot sing. And yesterday she texted me and she, she sent me a message that she can, she could worship actually in Poland. She could worship in front of uh, people who lost their legs and hands, very, very poor people. So, you know, sometimes the enemy is trying to attack what we have, attack us to to take us from uh, serving God. But we decided we're not going to give up, no? We're not going to give up. We'll serve the Lord. And uh, it's a time of uh, struggle. It's a time of testimonies. That's life. But we decided, hey, we'll never give up. We'll never give up. We'll, you will win if you don't give up. It's so important. You will win if you don't give up. So let's just pray. Let's just be in the presence of God. God, we, we need you. Every time we are here, we recognize we need you. And I pray for each and every single heart today that came to you today because we are hungry. We want to be hungry for more of you. I want to be hungry for more of you, not religious meeting, not rituals, but I want more of you. We want more of you. We have a spiritual need, and only you can fulfill it. So I pray for each and every single heart. I pray for Pastor Noel, and I, I pray for, for the group in Canada. I pray for my wife in Poland and the street church in there. I pray for all those who couldn't come today. And we pray, Holy Spirit, we need you. We recognize that we are weak, but you are strong. We recognize that we are just broken vessels, and we are imperfect. But it will not stop us from serving you. We want to serve you in the influence you gave us. If it's church, if it's work, if it's family, if it's neighbors, we want to serve you as we can. And this is what we're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Guys, good to see you. I'm very happy. And I believe that, that I want to take from uh, the point where Pastor Noel stopped last week ago. And he, he was speaking and he was preaching about the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is like a friend who takes you on adventure. And I think Helen Keller, she said it, life is either a daring adventure, is it a daring adventure, or it's nothing. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to paraphrase her words, and I say, Christian life is either a daring adventure, or it's not a Christian life. Christian life is either, and God will, life with God is either a daring adventure, or something is wrong. And maybe, maybe you've been disconnected. Maybe you've been disconnected from God. Maybe you've been disconnected from the Holy Spirit that is in you. And he promised, I am in you. God who is in you. And if your life is boring and it's, it's not filled with, with adventure from God, maybe you've been disconnected. Maybe there's something wrong. Maybe there's a spiritual itch in you that you are trying to scratch with material thing because we all have a spiritual each there's something in us something deep in us that needs fulfillment 
And I really believe that being in the will of God, being on this journey of adventure with God, will be fulfilling. And everything outside will not bring us fulfillment. It's the spiritual each we sometimes trying to scratch with physical things, with material things. But only God and being in His will is a safe place to be. And that's why so many of us, we are hurt. And that's why we are going through seasons, and I need to admit I'm going through seasons too, when I'm losing the sight of God's will, and I'm trying to find God's will and fulfillment in different things, and then I am just unfulfilled. And then sadness comes, then depression comes, then unfulfillment comes, and we are trying to find everywhere else. And we find ourselves, we are disconnected. So I was in, uh, in Romania, and I just wanted to tell you two quick testimonies that really touched me and that proved that God, life with God is adventure. It's really adventure. And I met two people, so just two quick testimonies. So one, his name is Milan, and he's a gypsy. He, he's a gypsy uh, from Romania. And gypsy in Romania, they have a very bad reputation. So if you, if sometimes if you see Romanian people, Romanian gypsies in uh, Ireland or in Europe, you might think that... These, these are Romanian people, but these are actually Romanian gypsies, and they have a reputation that they don't want to work. They basically, men go to prison very fast. Uh, girls are uh, sent into marriages very fast when they are 12 years old. We could serve in, the, in, in this, this village. And basically, they have no future and they have no hope. And Milan was one of the guys who was 14 years old, and they had no money, they had no food. And there was a time when there was no electricity in their small shack and they had nothing to eat and they were crying in ba bed. And uh, mom, and they couldn't, they couldn't beg anything, you know, they couldn't get any money. And uh, dad was in the prison. And, uh, and they went and they heard that some missionaries came from the United States. So the mom, she decided, I'm going to go and I will ask them. Maybe they will give us some food. So she went and she came back with two plastic bags full of food, filled with food, and uh, with money for electricity. And in that moment, Milan, who was crying in bed, he decided, one day, when I grow up, I will become like these people. And what he told me that time, I met him as a pastor, as a guy who's now building a church in Gypsy Village. What he told me, he told me, this moment was a defined moment in his life. This moment changed his life forever. And he said, probably the missionaries that were there didn't even know how big of an impact they had on his life. So this is something for us. You have an influence. Whatever you give a, a sandwich, whatever you give a good word, whatever, whatever you uh, give uh, money for electricity so, to someone, you can impact someone's life forever. And it was amazing to see this man and see how... Life with God is a daring and amazing adventure. And another person that really touched my life and touched her testimony was a woman that came into the service and she brought 10 girls with her and they were all adopted. And uh, then when we could talk with her, we learned that what she does, she steals the girls from cartels, from sex trafficking cartels, she steals them back to the families and she adopts them and there's a death sentence on her life and I was just thinking wow life with God is an adventure 
And if life with God is not an adventure, maybe I am not living with God. If Christian life is not a daring adventure, maybe I don't live a real Christian life. And I really believe that life with God is an adventure. Life with God will be adventure. Life with God is an adventure. And today what I want to do, uh, I spoke about Elijah for a long time. I have seasons of speaking about, about uh, a character, one character, so I could speak in the last five months about Elijah, I think five times. So today I, I, I'm just going to say bye-bye to Elijah. But, I, but I, I, I believe I still want to visit him for ten minutes, and then we'll go to a new character. But I just want to show you that life with God is really an adventure. And what God spoke to us in Romania all the time when we were walking in mountains, when, when we were praying, God spoke through, through different people, come to the secret place with me. Come to the secret place with me. You need to know me. You need to know me first. And then life with me will be a, a, an adventure. And if life is unfulfilling, if life is boring, if there's something wrong, it's probably because you are disconnected. Don't be disconnected. So what I want to do, uh, I have someone's Bible, actually. I found this Bible. Is, is it someone's Bible? I found it in church. So if it's yours, I will give it back to you after this service. No? Okay, so I'll keep it. I, I really like this Bible. It's small and you can read it, so I will keep it. It's not yours? It was in church? Maybe next service. So I found this Bible. So what I want you to do now is to open uh, uh, your Bible on 1 Kings 17. And we'll look for a while at the life of Elijah. And what I want to do is just summarize his life. Just summarize his life. But I realized as I preached about Elijah, I never started with the beginning. I spoke about the prophets. I spoke about the time on a mount, mountain, Carmel. I spoke about the time when he was taken to heaven. But I never started from the beginning. So let's look at uh, King 17 and let's look at his life and his beginning. 17, so First Kings 17. Do you have it? Hmm? So it's 17.1. Ah, which version? I found it, like I said, and I really like it. So it's a good news Bible. Elijah and the drought. So 17, a prophet named Elijah from Tishba in Gilead said to King Ahab, In the name of the Lord, the living God of Israel, whom I serve, I tell you that there will be no dew or rain for the next two or three years until I say so. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Leave this place and go east and hide yourself near the brook of Kerit east of the Jordan. The brook will supply you with water to drink, and I have commanded ravens to bring you food there. Elijah obeyed the Lord's command and went and stayed there at the brook. He drank water from the brook, and ravens brought him bread and meat every morning and every evening. After a while, a brook dried up because of the lack of the rain. And I'm just thinking, you know, about Elijah, we don't know too much about his life before. It's kind of one of the days 
the word of the Lord came to him. We don't know about him like we know about David. We don't know the stories about him like we know about Abraham. We don't know about his past as we know about Moses, how he was brought up. One day, the word of the Lord just came to him, and he went to the king of Ahab. So what I think and what I believe about the, uh, Elijah, first thing I want to tell you, he had to have a very good connection with God. He had to have, and I know I repeated it so many times, a secret place with God. All adventures with God, they start with a secret place. All adventures with God. When I heard so many testimonies of men of God, they started in a secret place. People are rewarded for what they do in secret outside. And sometimes we, we, we look at people and we we think, wow, such a good talent. Wow, uh, God is using this person so much. But it all starts in a secret place with relationship with God. And Elijah, he knew his God. So the question to you, do you know your God? Or did you hear about your God? This is very important. Did you just hear about your God? Do you just read about your God? Or do you know your God? Do you know your God? Imagine the king, the creator, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He wants to have a relationship with you. With you. With you. He wants to have a relationship with you, a secret relationship with you. Jesus said, go to a secret place. When your father is hiding in a secret, he will reward you. So secret place. So Elijah knew his God. And Elijah is saying, when he went to Ahab, he's saying, God that I serve. You're going to go pretty fast for it, for it. But God that I serve. You serve God. I spoke about it before, but I will repeat again. You serve God. Don't allow, listen to this one, don't allow your imperfection to stop you from serving God. This is what I had to learn. Don't allow your imperfection to start you, stop you from serving God. He knows you are imperfect, but he still wants you to serve him. And as you serve him, he will anoint you. As you serve him, he will fulfill you. As you serve him, he will speak to you. As you serve him, he will fill you with power. You don't need his power if you don't serve him. So he was serving God. I have this, this uh, rare, rare uh, pleasure of working with people who I'm in church with. <laughs> then people know me. And, you know, if I allowed my imperfection, they see my imperfections. They see when I get angry. If I allowed my imperfections to stop me from serving, I would never come here. You know, so you will work with people who know you. You will be with people who know your imperfection. Your family knows your imperfections the most. But don't allow it to, serve, to stop serving God. Serve God. So, so I don't think Elijah was perfect. He was a man like us. Easy to get depressed. Easy to get angry. And so often, look at this, so often, God, and when we go for an adventure with God, what we thought and what we imagine how things will turn out, it's not exactly what we can see. Our imagination of where we are is not exactly where we will be placed. 
in this moment. You probably had some plans for your life. Some plans you achieved, some plans you didn't achieve, some plans went totally opposite way. But just because you didn't imagine it, it doesn't mean that God is not with you. So when you think about Elijah going to Ahab, if he read about Joseph, if he ever read about Joseph who actually went to Pharaoh and told him about the, 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 the prophecy, the prophecy that there would be seven years and seven years, seven good years and seven bad years, Joseph became who? A right hand of Pharaoh. And Elijah in his head being with God, serving him, when he got a word for the king, he could have thought, maybe I will become who? Maybe I will become a right hand of, of uh, the king. Maybe I will, become, I will be awarded for bringing the prophecy. Maybe he will repent. And maybe he will say, oh, we repent. God, don't said, stop the rain. But it didn't happen. We see as he served God, as he went for adventure with God, very fast he had to run away. Very fast God had to tell him, hey, you need to run away. You go hide. So often when we go on the adventure with God, we find ourselves on the wilderness, in the wilderness. And I remember uh, three weeks ago, I went actually into this Romanian wilderness very early. And the sun was rising. And I saw the beauty of wilderness. There's a beauty of wilderness in the wilderness. Ten years ago, when we were going through a hard time in our family, and actually... Uh, Someone from my wife's family, he was very sick with cancer, and I, I just felt to go to Norway. I remember there in this time of pain, there in this time when we were thinking we're going to lose him, there in the time of depression, God took me to the wilderness, and he showed me the beauty of the wilderness. And so often God will take you to the wilderness, even through a hard time, and he will show you the beauty of wilderness. And there's a reason for the wilderness. God will take you to another level if you don't give up in the wilderness. But what I, what I can promise you, what I can promise you, I will not promise you that everything, if you serve God, will go as you imagined it will go. But what I can promise you is two things. Protection and provision. God will always protect you when you are in His will. And God will always provide when you are in His will. So Elijah went to Ahab, and now God warned him and told him, you run away, I will protect you there. And then he said, I will give you food, I will always provide. When you go, and I'm not talking just about ministry, I'm talking when you are following God, maybe things are not like you imagine they are, but God will is and will always be with you, and he will always protect you, and he will always provide Protection, protection, protection. So many of you are here because of protection of God. Think about your life. Think about your life, how God protected you. Think about your life, how many times God protected you. And I want to repeat it again. You are here because of God divine protection. You are here because of God divine provision. He will provide and He will protect as you are in the will of God. The will of God, being in the will of God, is a very exciting place to be. It's an adventure. And maybe it's, sometimes it won't go as you are thinking it will go. 
but you will always find safety in the will of God. There's a safety in the will of God. There's a safety in the will of God. And, and there's a moment in the life of Elijah when the brook dried out. Remember? The brook dried out. And God is telling him to go to the widow. Sometimes what happens in the desert is that the brook dries out. What do you do when the stream dries out? You do when the stream dries out. It means that you need to move on. And I think sometimes the problem with us is that we glorify the desert so much that we stay on. And God wants to take you to another level. And I was walking through mountains in Romania again, and I was walking through the valleys. And it was like this. It was a mountain and a valley, mountain and a valley, mountain and a valley. And what I noticed, as you are going through the valleys and the mountains, and you are climbing, you are going higher and higher, and it feels like another valley. It feels like another valley, but you are actually climbing and climbing to the top of the mountain. And sometimes when you are going from the desert to the mountain and to the desert again, God is actually taking you to another level. God is taking you to another level. And in the life of Elijah, you can see it. He's going through valleys and he's going through victories. You're going through valleys in your life and you're going through victories. But if you don't give up, you're going to go higher and higher and higher. And God will work on your character and you will become stronger and you will not give up. You will win if you don't give up. You will win if you don't give up. That's the encouragement. But there's a moment, and I'm actually building now to the main topic. There's a moment when the angel comes to Elijah. And he tells him, Hey Elijah, this journey is too hard for you. This journey is too hard for you. You cannot handle this journey. And God spoke to me when I was reading it. I cannot handle this journey without the Holy Spirit. So I just built it to talk about the Holy Spirit today. To continue to talk about the Holy Spirit. This journey, listen, it's too hard for you without the Holy Spirit. And that's why so many of us, we are... We are we are willing or we want to give up or it's a struggle or we're just going for a struggle from a struggle to a struggle and we are trying to survive. And God is speaking to you, this journey is too hard for you without the help, without the helper. That's why Jesus said, I need to go to send the helper. I need to leave because you need the helper. And the God that I'm speaking about and the Holy Spirit that was upon you, was upon me, will be in you. You need the helper. And really, I believe in my life and I believe in the church, sometimes we are just so disconnected from the Holy Spirit. Imagine, just think about it. Imagine you have God inside of you. It's biblical. I'm not talking about some force. I'm not talking about some God's power. I'm going talking about person. Holy Spirit is person. It's God. And Jesus promised us God, Holy Spirit in us. Your life and your task and your destiny is too hard for you to do it alone. 
it is too hard, it's impossible that you can fulfill your destiny alone. It's too tough. That's why God gives you Holy Spirit. That's why God gives me Holy Spirit. That's why I can stand here with my imperfection. With my imperfection, I can move on. I can still go on. I can fall and I can get up and the Holy Spirit is groaning and He's searching my heart. And when I don't know how to pray, when I don't want to pray, He's there. And He's crying for you and He's interceding for you. But my question is, are you aware that you have Holy Spirit in you? Are you aware that you have a helper in you? Look at your neighbor and say, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you and He will help you. And life is an adventure. And life with God is a daring adventure. But you cannot do it without realization that the Holy Spirit is in you. And you cannot leave Him. And you cannot say bye to Him for a while. He is in you. And if Jesus... Hey, I want to talk about Jesus. If Jesus needed Holy Spirit... If Jesus had to be baptized with Holy Spirit, if Jesus had to be filled with Holy Spirit, so you have to. If you want to fulfill your destiny, if you want to have the influence God really wants you to have, you know that God gave you an influence. You have influence at work. You have influence at your home. You have influence with your co-workers. You have influence in church. You have influence. And if you want to fulfill the influence that God gave you, you need the realization, I want to have a secret relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to actually put it as a priority. I will pray. I will pray. I will seek the Holy Spirit. If we could put it as a priority as we do study, as we do learning new skills, as we do self-improvement, as we do so many things we think are priorities. And I'm not saying they are not important. We do self-improvement. We study. We, we, we exercise. But if we don't put as a priority the relationship with the Holy Spirit that is in you, wow, we are losing a lot. And I think this is the problem of church sometimes, so often. Because we have all, all the ideas, we have all the 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 social media, we have all, all the equipment. And all, the only thing we lack sometimes is the power of Holy Spirit. It's the power of Holy Spirit. And this is what I just so felt to, to share with, with church today and to share with myself. God was just speaking to me in Romania. Your unfulfillment so often comes from this connection with me. So it's time to connect. So it's time to connect. So let's look at the life of Jesus. I want to start a series about Jesus now and the Holy Spirit. Let's look how, uh, how, how Jesus started his ministry. And we, we can open uh, uh, Luke chapter 3. And I will just choose a few verses. So it's chapter 3 and verse 21. Are you still with me? If I'm too serious, I'm going to smile now. Hey, you can smile to me. Some smiles. Good, good. 
So, so 3.21, after all the people had been baptized, Jesus also was baptized. While he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit came down upon him in, in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my dear son, and I'm pleased with you. So first thing we can see, Jesus needed Holy Spirit. And as he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he learned his identity. He learned his identity. You are my beloved son, and I am well pleased with you. Do you know who you are? Do you know your identity? Do you know that you are a beloved son, a beloved daughter, and that God is actually pleased with you? That's why he gave his son for you, because he's pleased with you. This is the place to start adventure with God. Your identity. If you know who you are, other people cannot tell you who you are. Because you know who you are. Other people will not define you from, with your past, with your imperfection, because you know who you are. Do you know who you are? That's my question. Do you know who you are in God? Do you know that God is pleased with you? That God loves you? That God is merciful? That God died for you? That God gave you Holy Spirit to give you hope? To give you help? Spirit of courage, courageness or bravery. I say bravery, not fear. God gave you His Spirit and He is well pleased with you. That's the first thing to start. That's the beginning of the the, the adventure to know who you are. Do you know who you are? I want to leave you with this question. Do you know who you are? Now we can go here and, uh, and chapter 4. In chapter 4, again, verse 1, we can read, Jesus returned from Jordan full of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Jesus. That's Jesus. That's Jesus' ministry. He was filled with Holy Spirit. Why Luke keeps repeating the same thing? And why we as church keep forgetting about the same person? So Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the desert. Sometimes Holy Spirit will lead you in the desert. And that's very similar to Elijah's situation. Is this uh, translation a little bit different than the one I'm reading? A little bit. So my is a little bit different. So don't worry, but this one is probably good too. So sometimes Holy Spirit will lead you into the desert. He will lead you into the desert to test you, to build your character. But every time you are coming victorious from the desert, you are coming a new person. You are coming and you are on a different level. You are accelerating to a different level with God. You're going for a test and you are learning how to trust God more. And we hate being in a test. We are hating being in, a, in the desert. We don't like, sometimes we don't see the beauty of the desert. And I can say to you, I don't like tests. I don't like going through the valley. But what I noticed, every time when I don't give up, when I, every time when I didn't give in, Every time I trusted, even with tears, even with fear, even with words that they were contrary to what I believed, when I trusted, God took me to another level. 
As you go in through the desert, God will take you to another level. And Jesus actually modeled it on the desert as Holy Spirit led him there to be tested. And Jesus showed us how to go through it in 40 days. Sometimes the problem for us, we stay in there too long. And some of us, we are on the same desert that we were 20 years ago, where we're supposed to be farther and farther and farther. And we're still fighting with the same things. So God wants to help us when we are on the desert. And sometimes he leads us there, but he will never forsake us. He will never leave us there. And you have a help. Again, you have the Holy Spirit. And then, and then we can read in uh, uh, verse 14, the same chapter. Then Jesus returned to Galilee. And the power of the Holy Spirit was with him again. The news about him spread throughout the territory. He taught in the synagogues, synagogues and was praised by everyone. Then Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. On the Sabbath, he went as usual to the synagogue. He stood up there to read the scriptures and was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has chosen me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and announce that the time has come when the Lord will save his people. You know, Jesus came to his hometown in the power of Holy Spirit. And the question is, why do you need Holy Spirit? It's not only for your help. God wants to use you in order to what? To proclaim the liberty. To set the captives free. To bring the sight to those who cannot see. You see, God wants you to influence people. God wants you to impact people in a divine way. And you know, and people marveled at Jesus. And people praised Jesus. And people, we can read that people marveled at his gracious words of how amazing he spoke. People marveled at Jesus. And one of the translations I read, because Jesus spoke with a divine influence. He had a divine influence on the heart of people. And when I think about the gift of Holy Spirit, imagine that you can speak to people with divine influence on their heart. Do you know that you have an influence on people's heart? But with the Holy Spirit, aware that you are filled with Holy Spirit, you can have a divine influence. And I know so many of you, you have testimonies. When you met people, you spoke with people, and you changed them, and you left them in a better place they were when you found them. He's given you a chance to have a divine influence on people's heart. I love this word, a divine influence. Changing people's heart. Jesus changed people's heart as he spoke, and he sat down, and they were all looking at him. And they all marveled on his words of how he spoke to them and how he had divine influence. Church, God wants us to have a divine influence. Church, God wants you to have a divine influence in your work. Whatever you do, God wants you to have a divine influence for what you do. 
divine influence when you meet your neighbors, divine in influence when you meet your friends, divine influence when you are at work, divine influence when you are in church. God gave you divine influence through the Holy Spirit. That's why today, and we're going to preach about the Holy Spirit for so long. Because we believe and we recognize as a church, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't want to talk just about Holy Spirit. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't, wanna, we don't want to preach only about Holy Spirit, but we want to experience Holy Spirit. Did you experience Holy Spirit in your life? Did you experience Holy Spirit lately? Did you hear from Holy Spirit lately? Or maybe you hear the enemy, the devil, more than you hear the Holy Spirit. Some of you probably hear the enemy more than you hear Holy Spirit. You hear all these words, you are alone in the room, and you hear all these words, you are not worthy. You're going to die. You're going to get sick. You are not, you're not, you are just not made for it. You are not strong enough. You will get depressed. You will give up. Some of us, we hear the enemy more than we hear the Holy Spirit. And God wants us to focus on His voice. That's why the Holy Spirit, He will empower you. That's why He prays for you. That's why He searches your heart. That's why he, he intercedes for you with groans. That's why He's a helper. That's why He will give you words when you don't know what to speak. If you get up and sometimes people will come to your house, He will give you words. I remember uh, one person from my work visited me a week ago, and he's going through a hard time. And I, like, I didn't. We kind of wanted to speak with him about God, but we de decided we're not going to put it on pressure. It's a first meeting, so we just want to get to know this guy. He was in our house for the first time, and he was just sitting. And in one moment, he asked this crazy question. He was like, "Have you ever thought why?" What, what's the reason of us being created? He, he asked this, like, have you ever thought, like, why we live so short? What's the reason for us being here? And he started the conversation. And then you actually, you don't know what to answer first. But you have the Holy Spirit and you're praying in tongues and you can answer and you can say, oh, actually, it's not like this. <laughs> There's a reason. So, so God wants us to influence people in a divine way. God is telling to us and to you, the journey you are in is too hard for you. It's too hard for you to do it alone. So why are you disconnected? Gregory, why are you disconnected? Whoever I'm talking to, why are you disconnected from the Holy Spirit that gives you life, that gives you peace, that gives you power? Don't get disconnected. And when Jesus said these words and they are looking at him and they are now, now they, are, they are thinking, wow, his words, he's influencing us in such a powerful way, they started to question him. Remember, they questioned him. And they saying, isn't he the son of Joseph? That's very interesting. So Jesus said, he, he said, the, the Spirit of God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Holy Spirit is upon me. I came here. The, 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 the words are fulfilled now. I came here to set the captives free. He sits down. People marvel. And then they ask him, Isn't it not Joseph's son? 
And you know, every time you step in to God's destiny, every time you're stepping into a next level, every time you're stepping into the next level of influence, people will define you by your past. People will try to define you by your past. And Joseph's son meant that they were not sure who Jesus was, actually. They, they knew him from Nazareth, but they, th- there was something they didn't understand. We know from the story that Joseph wasn't actually Jesus' father. He raised him, but he wasn't his father. And there was something they couldn't understand, so they started to question his past. And every time you're going to step in to new influence of God, new ministry with God, new adventure with God, people will question your past and they will try to define you as they saw you before. And they will try to tell you, I knew you when. I knew you when. But you don't allow your past to define your future. You don't allow your past to define your future. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Jesus knew who he was. He knew that he wasn't just Joseph's son. He was God's son, filled with the Holy Spirit to proclaim freedom, to influence people in a new way that were never seen before. Don't allow people to define you with what they know. You need to know your identity. You need to know who you are in God. So I'm just going to, let's close. And let's just worship God. And I want to just tell you that life with God is a daring adventure. That life with God is a daring adventure. And if your life is not an adventure, maybe you've been disconnected or maybe there was something wrong or there is something wrong. Maybe you are trying to scratch a spiritual itch with material things. And maybe you are unfulfilled because you are not sensitive to what God is telling you and to the destiny that God wants to send you, to the will of God. God has the best for you. And he gave you the Holy Spirit because he knows that the journey is too hard for you. He knows that you cannot do it alone. He knows that you are not able to do it alone. He knows that you are not able to fulfill what God has for you alone. That's why he gave you Holy Spirit. He gave you Holy Spirit. And I want to ask those who feel disconnected today. We'll start praying and playing now. I want to start and ask you and those who feel disconnected today, disconnected from the Holy Spirit. Or maybe there are some people who never experienced the power of Holy Spirit. Through next services, through the time of next services, we will welcome Holy Spirit every time we are here. And will give us opportunity to not only hear about the Holy Spirit, but to experience Holy Spirit. I really want Holy Spirit in my life. Oh, no, no, I don't want to listen only about Holy Spirit. I don't want to listen only the power about the power of God. I don't want to only hear about it. I need to experience it. Because I'm confused. 
when I'm disconnected. Let's stand up.